Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joe Milmine and this is episode 78, What to Knit in 2016. Hello and welcome into another episode of the podcast. I hope you are well since last time I spoke to you. I am Jo and I am your hostess with the mostess on this uh, nitty journey in life, the universe, knitted thongs and everything else. If this is your first time on the podcast, welcome. I hope you will enjoy what you find here. Take everything we say with a little bit of a pinch of salt. We like to have a laugh. We don't like to take things too seriously. And if we can throw in a few disgruntled looking animals in knitwear or just plain scary objects of knitted wondrousness, then that's exactly what we will do. And if you're a returning listener, you know the form. Get yourself some knitting and a drink and settle yourself in for another episode. Thank you to everyone who's been in touch since the last episode. I have had quite a few people over on Ravelry commenting on goals, goal setting for knitting and goal setting in general. And it's been a really interesting conversation about how people have approached goal setting maybe in the past or achievement of goals in the past and how as they've matured, they've uh, realised that they can, in fact, do whatever they like. And if they want to gaff something off because it was a terrible idea or they were doing it for someone else, then that's exactly what they can do. And that's good. I like it. I like how people can come over and uh, express their opinions and um, get some feedback from other members of the group as well. Nobody's actually been brave enough to uh, put any knitting goals down. Not brave. Maybe they've not made their mind up yet as to what they're actually looking to achieve in 2016 with their knitting. I have had quite a big think about it, and then I had another big think about it, and then I thought some more, and did some digging around in the stash, and I'll talk about that in a little minute, and I decided that this year I'm going to knit four garments. I am going to knit Malorn by Anne Kingston. I have the yarn for that. I'm going to knit a sparkly red lush in my beautiful sparkly red yarn that's been designed by Michelle Berry of Berry Colourful Yarnings to celebrate the most engaged audience. That's you guys. And I've ordered my DK of that to knit a sparkly red lush because it seems like the appropriate thing to do. And, you know, well, peer pressure and everything. Slinky, I'm looking at you. And... I have the yarn for another Lush from Whistle Bear Yarns. I have some beautiful mohair yarn that I would like to knit into another Lush. I really love that pattern and it's very flattering. It works for a lot of people. It's Lush by Tin Can Knits. It's available in the, I want to say Handmade in the UK. I think that is the book. It's the one that was written by Emily Vessel rather than both of them together. I will put a link in the show notes for you. Uh, we've knitted Lush before on the podcast. We did a Lush knit along. I want to say it was last year. 
Mine have even been the year before now. They all blend into one. I've been having fun with you guys for so long now. I can't even remember how long we've known each other. It's like we've been family forever. <laughs> and I've definitely had the yarn for this, uh, the Whistleblower Yarns yarn since Edinburgh Yarn Festival last year. So it'd be quite nice to have it done. And then I can show Alice this year at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, perhaps. Might be a little bit ambitious, um, but there you go. I'm also going to finish Oligan by Kate Davies, which is, is my Kilimanjaro at the moment. It's a little bit, I'm finding it all a little bit painful to knit. Um, it's only stocking stitch, but it's just massive. The um, the needles and the yarn are just really big and I've got these little teeny hands and it's just, it's beautiful fabric. It's going to be so warm. So the thought of being warm is, is keeping me going with that. So that's the third one. And the fourth one I'm going to knit is another Tin Can Knits pattern. I'm going to knit Raindrops by Tin Can Knits, which was a pattern that was gifted to me by Alice Poke to Goblin on Ravelry. She's always around uh, the Shiny Bees and Golden Skein group. She's a very, very lovely person. And... Uh, she gifted me the pattern and I really want to knit that as well. So they're my sort of knitty goals for the year, if you will. I'm only going to pick those four garments, she says, only. Um, I'm not going to look at anything else. The, that's what I want. If I've achieved that by the end of the year, I'll be really happy. Now, we're talking about me. I am going to get distracted by the shinies. There's going to be beads in there somewhere. We all know that. There'll be something else that that comes along that I just have to take part in and get over involved with. Um, I mean, I've got a frost at midnight I want to knit as well. I've got the yarn for that. You know, that could just spin into there. I've meant to have started that already. Can't pick the beads. So not started that. Um, but there's loads of opportunity there. So the reason why I wanted to go for four garments and not to make a goal to knit anything else in particular, obviously, if I do get a little bit distracted, it's going to be fine, is I was listening on the weekend, I was packing some orders, and I was listening to Curious Handmade. Now, I know a lot of you already listened to Helen Stewart of Curious Handmade, it's another knitting podcast, but if you don't, if you're new to podcasts and you haven't found her yet, you can find her podcasting over at CuriousHandmade.com, she's on iTunes, she's an Aussie, she designs lovely knitting patterns as well, and um, her style of podcast is a little bit different to mine, hers is definitely more aspirational and lovely and well produced. <laughs> And I'm just mostly taking the mic all the time. Um, but she talks about some really interesting stuff. And um, this month is her stash appreciation month. Now, we all know, I make no bonds about it. I do like a bit of stash. I do like beautiful yarns. I do like to appreciate them. I like to collect them. I'd love to knit them. Um, maybe I need to focus more just on producing knitting rather than acquiring uh, yarn. Um but they are, and it makes me happy, it brings me joy, so I don't really care if I've got eight or ten boxes of it, as long as it's still making me happy, and as long as I have that potential boxed up in my ensuite airing cupboard, as it is at the moment, as a nice warm and dry place for it to hang out and commune together, make crazy stash plans, then 
that's what I'll do. And she's this month she's been running a challenge on uh, loving the stash you've got, basically. So for the last three episodes she's been talking about different aspects of loving the stash that you have and also sharing her journey of basically having a bit of a appraisal of the stash cataloging it all and then starting to make plans for it now I know Helen was previously into Marie Kondo this whole the magic of tidying and I thought she'd you know, I got the impression she was quite ninja at it and I got quite good at it. So I was relieved to hear that she hadn't de-stashed much at all because it all brings her joy. Um, I'm not, I'm not, a, yeah, I'm not that kind of de-stasher. I just use the rage slash the force in, in all things. I have no strategies for that sort of stuff. I know it's tidy. I know it's put things neatly in, in wardrobes and drawers. I was in the military. They trained me how to do that. I know how to do that. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Don't care. And, uh, I'm such a rebel now. I don't care. Um, but she was talking about how she, you know, all of her stash brings a joy, but she started to go through it all. And um, there were different examples of, of yarn that she had that she'd bought for something that was no longer fulfilling its purpose and that she felt that she could release. And it got me to thinking about my stash. I went and dove in there and started to have a bit of a, a rummage, if you will, <laughs> in the stash. And I've got some really lovely stuff. I've got some really beautiful stuff that makes me super happy and um, it's that looking forward to it, it's that anticipation, it's like opening a new tray of chocolates, you know when you get to like, when you get to the crap ones on the on the top and you, you don't want the fudge, I never want the fudge, never want the fudge but Millie loves fudge so it's fine, he gets the fudge, I like the Turkish delight and you know like sometimes you want to sneak underneath to the bottom layer and get a new one, it's almost like that, it's like it's excitement and potential all this potential energy that's stored in there all this potential fun and all this creativity and it's all hanging out together and I know they said that stash is just moth food mine is very well protected from moths there hasn't been a single moth in my house I'm, I'm happy um but there are memories in there there's yarns that I've collected when I've been to travel to places there's yarns that I brought back from Africa considerably large collection of yarns from nurturing fibers that I brought back from Africa there's the TGS yarns and all the stories that go along with those. It's almost like a library. So I was absolutely thrilled when um, Emma, um, not Emma, <laughs> M. Luan Lou sent me a um, a little picture, a little uh, memmy on Twitter yesterday. And it's it's basically a, a, a Fifty Shades of Grey one about a pleasure room. And then underneath, there's a, just a stash, a yarn room, basically. And she said, I saw this and thought of you. And it just made me deeply happy because that's pretty much how it is. And uh, it just got me to thinking about how how best would I want to bring something out of that. And I've got some Gorge Jacobs mohair in there, grey. I'm massively into wearing grey at the moment um, that will make a gorgeous um, pattern. I've got some lovely yarn from around the corner from where I used to live. And um, it's in natural shade. Yeah, believe it or not, I do have some natural shared yarn. Um, and I've got a pattern I was gifted that would go with that. And I was thinking, and, 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 and maybe I could do that thing that people talk about where they get stuff out and they print their pattern out and they put it in a bag so it's ready to go. And then I thought, no. And I'm not doing a spreadsheet neither. And I'm probably never going to get it on Ravelry because I meant to put it all on Ravelry last January. And you know what? It's not all on there. 
And you know what? It's not even all in the boxes. Like, I want to feel good that it's in the boxes. It's not all even all in the boxes. It's not. Some of it's on my desk. The naughty skeins are all Countessa Blaze. It's all her yarn that's not in the boxes. It's outside the box. The yarn is outside the box. <laughs> but it basically, again, that's that's the kind of thought process that I went through. I was like, well, I, I don't really want to get it all out and ruthlessly cull some of the stuff I'm not going to use anymore. And I don't really want to catalogue it all, really, because I kind of mentally know what's in there. But what I would like to do is is pick something that I think would full, you know, that I've been waiting on, but I've been looking forward to for a long time and that maybe hasn't made its way far enough up the priority list to actually get it on the needles. So, for instance, raindrops I've swatched for, Malone and Kingston swatched for, have the yarn for both of those. So printed the bloody patterns in fact the yarn and the pattern and the needles for the pattern are all sat there in my yarn my bedroom yarn bowl and they've just not quite made it there yet so that's why I think that's what I would like to focus upon as a goal for 2016 so I hereby do solemnly swear on my higher hires and my neon countess of blaze yarn current favorite sparkling and neon yarn that I Joe Millmine will do my proper bestest to knit those four garments this year. And we'll do some check-ins on the podcast and see how we're getting on with it. And I will make a plan and I'll go through all of my smart targeting and I'll do all of that shizzle and organise my, my knitting into two-week sprints and all of the good stuff that I normally do <laughs> when it comes to organising a project or a launch or anything else that I do with work, I'm going to do for my knitting so let's see how we get on let's see how we get on so if you have any knitting goals that you would like to share with me or the rest of the group and get some accountability then head on over to the group and we can chat about it there and also louise tilbrook who i've interviewed on the show before and is a very long time supporter and listener of the podcast who does beautiful sock patterns if you need some enabling in that department also has a chatty thread on her group on Ravelry, Louise Silbrook Designs, where they also talk about um, knitting goals and stuff like that. So plenty of places for you to go to find some help and support slash peer pressure uh, with all of this stuff. Also this week, just gone, we had our first virtual knit night for the podcast for members of the patrons group who are supporting the podcast via patreon and it was very exciting it was very exciting i got to meet lots of people that i've never seen but feel like i know very well and i got to hang out with lots of people who have been long-time friends we had a baby join us as well lovely um era she joined us uh, she got very serious eyebrows She's she's baby shoe, basically, baby sparkly shoe, who you will maybe have heard on the iMake podcast before if you've ever listened to that. And it was very... Oh, we had Russ as well, who joined us as our token gentleman of um, of the knit night. It was very good fun. We talked about cake. Russ does like some good cake. And we had a great time. We had some chatting and I got to meet um, Sherlock the dog and it was a great time. Um, there will be one of these every month for uh, patrons. I will at some point try and do an open one, um, but at the moment I have to focus on getting all of my rewards and everything sorted for the actual patrons. But 
Um, anyone at the $5 amount or above a month basically gets gets in the virtual knit night and all that kind of stuff anyway. So if you want to join in, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash shiny bees and get in on the next meeting, basically. It'd be cool to see you there and uh, and have a bit of a chat and a nat. I've got some exciting plans for that. Let's get some exciting guests in to chat to potentially and have lots and lots of good fun so after the little diatribe if you will about goal setting and what i honestly prom- pinky promise going to achieve this year with manitin i guess i need to talk about what we're going to talk about in the show well first of all we've got enablers corner in a slightly different format to usual i've got a bee in my bonnet that i feel i need to release and um that's what I'm going to be talking about in Enablers Corner. Then there'll be a little bit of a wrap up on the bead along. Um, that's been ongoing till finish on the 10th of January, and a couple of projects to pick out and talk about to direct you to looking at, in the hope that it will inspire you to try a bit of beading, perhaps. And then I'll give you a rundown of the winter quarter yarns from the Golden Skein, so you can go and check out three new indie dyers hopefully three new ones to you um to expand your repertoire if hand-dyed yarns is your thing so get yourself an artisan gin a craft beer a real ale or go crazy it's nearly burns night get get some iron brew don't sleep for a week get your knitting and we will crack on with the show So in Enablers Corner, usually Enablers Corner consists of me directing you towards some beautiful yarn, a lovely new pattern collection, a show, an event, chocolate and and other things perhaps, you know, something to spoil yourself with, if you will. And this one is a little bit different, but it is still enabling nonetheless and enabling that I'm also quite famous for. This week in Enablers Corner, I am enabling you to go and listen. This is going to sound a bit like I'm blowing my own trumpet, but it's not. It's not about me. It's about Kate Davies. Go and listen to episode 34 of the podcast in which I interview Kate Davies of Kate Davies Designs. It's not just for my benefit. Um, And I know a lot of you will have already listened to this episode before and the infamous um, story of how Rhino Arse Bobbles became the Owl's Jumper. If you've not listened to that episode, you're going to be really, really confused right now. And the reason why I am enabling you to go and listen to episode 834 of my own podcast with Kate Davies in an interview is that Kate Davies Designs this week has been announced as a finalist for the award of the UK Micro Business of the Year. Now, Kate Davies Designs is down to the final four in this competition. And it's not the final four knitting businesses. It's not the final four craft businesses. It's not the final four creative businesses. The final four out of all of the businesses in the UK businesses is what it is. Now, why is this something you want to be enabled to? Well, I am known for my business enabling. 
It's what I do. When I'm not enabling people to beautiful yarns, I also enable people to run successful online businesses and be overwhelmed and uh, generally sort their lives out um, within the yarn industry and help people with launching, systemizing and growing their businesses and strategy. That's what Shiny Enterprises does because it's something I'm very passionate about doing and it, helping people is something that I like to do. I get a lot out of um, helping people with the business stuff because I, I just, I, I like business stuff. And the reason why I want to have a little bit of a bleat about this is very often I hear from people round and about on, on lots of social media or generally elsewhere. And it isn't just something that's um, particular to craft or knitting businesses I think it's something that's a little bit particular to women-run businesses as well in general because I deal with a lot of people who don't work in the craft industry but are females running their own business is this idea that being in a craft business is a bit of a hobby that you need to have a partner who earns enough to facilitate you making your living doing that that you can't earn good money um, that it's not proper business that nobody will pay for things uh that you can't charge this much because somebody else only charges that much um that it's lots and lots of work for no pay um a, a number really of comments or ideas or thoughts along those lines now i'm not belittling any of those comments I'm not saying that you can just open up an Etsy shop tomorrow and you'll be like Scrooge McDuck in your front room um, rolling in it, although I would love for that to be the case and I, I think you all deserve that. Um, that isn't strictly true because I'm very realistic about the amount of work and effort that is involved in these sorts of things and running your own business isn't for sissies, basically. I do believe anyone can do it, um, but you do need to you need to put the work in. There's no two ways about it. It's not the X Factor. It's not the Apprentice. You know where where are they now? Where is that Shane guy off of Manchester? He won the X Factor. Where is he now? He's gone. You know why didn't put any work in before? You can't have this get rich quick, this quick idea thing, and and get anywhere. You've got to put in the groundwork. And Kate Davies has put in the groundwork since probably two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Um. But my point of this sort of semi-rant is that I don't think that working in the knitting industry is an excuse for making no money. I don't think that people should belittle the efforts of those who are working very hard in the business who do have a husband or wife or someone else who supports um, their endeavours and that happens in a lot of industries and a lot of the time that isn't actually happening someone is just working the backside off doing a lot of hours a week to become successful Kate Davies is in her business a knitting business she's just knitting in the final four of the UK micro business of the year now she is very successful she works very hard she produces beautiful books, beautiful patterns. She's very, very good at what she does. But if you go and listen, don't just listen to me papping on about it, telling you how it is. Go and listen to the things that she says in the interview about valuing yourself, valuing your work and getting the right help in terms of getting an accountant and knowing what you're doing and taking what you do 
Seriously, if you treat your business as a hobby, everybody else will. And you will never make any money because you're just treating it as something you do for fun. If you don't value your time and your expertise, and if you're too frightened to charge for that, you're never going to make any money doing it. And you won't feel like anyone else values your work because you know what? You don't value your work. And it is hard. It is hard to make money in any industry, running any business. But look at the evidence. KD's done it. Yes, she came into the industry, uh, you know, quite a, a good time and before the massive explosion of Ravry. But stud, look at what she does. Don't copy her work, but study it. She's got a very strong brand. She produces a book nearly every year. She consistently blogs. She she sends out newsletters. She She's bringing out her own products to support everything else. So she's got multiple streams of income that all add into one thing. None of it is rocket science and it is achievable if you want to do it. But don't let the naysayers who are too frightened to try tell you that you can only do it if you have a nice, well-paid significant other or some kind of family gentry land thing going on in order to pursue that if it's something that you want to do. So... Even if you don't want to run a business, go over and listen to um, Kate because she started that business when she was very ill. She'd had a stroke uh, and she talks, you know, very candidly on her blog about her experiences coming from higher education background, um, basically, you know, lecturing in the university and being an academic and that making her really ill. Having a stroke and then starting this business off the back of having a stroke, she couldn't walk off the back of having a stroke. Like I said, it's no time for tears. If you want to do something, there's the proof that it can be done and it can be successful and it can be competitive with other businesses, what people consider to be proper businesses. Um, It is possible. It is possible. You have to put in the work. So go and listen to her because even, like I said, if you don't want to start a business, what she's got to say, I think, is really, really inspiring in terms of, you know, your attitude to just general life, really. So that is me enabling you (laughs) to my own podcast, episode 34 with Kate Davies. And if you think I'm wrong with anything I've said there, feel free to come into the thread and shoot me down if you like. I'd love to chat to you about uh, your opinions on this, uh, if you have any. And I'm sure you will. So on to be long chat. Beedle. Beetle, 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 Jeremy Beetle, 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 beetle's about. Um, so we've just had a massive flashback there. Uh, so I think last time I talked about it and talked about Jeremy Beetle, I got him confused with Noel Edmonds. Um, both, both staples of kind of, you know, Saturday evening television in the 90s um, in the UK. American listeners, probably not going to have a clue what I'm on about. But stick with me because we're on about knitted beading. So we have been running for the last few weeks a bead along on the Ravelry group for people who wanted to try beaded knitting. We were using three different patterns, although the scope was open to choose any needed bit, needed bitting, beaded knitting pattern, beaded knitting pattern that you like. <laughs> I'm in one of those moods today. I'm in one of those moods all week. Um... 
you know that mood where like stuff happens on Facebook or on Twitter and you really want to say something proper funny and like you're like I'm not really sure if I can say that I'm not really sure if this is the I'm sorry I'm saying it anyway um <laughs> and uh, yeah we've been doing uh there's three patterns knitting and there was a crochet pattern as well First of all, thank you to everybody who took part in the bead along. I hope that you enjoyed being part of it. And if you have been following along on social media or in the group, I hope it will uh, encourage you to give beaded knitting a try. I always thought that beaded knitting was going to be proper nails. And I was a bit scared of trying it because it just looked like it was really hard. And the only time I'd seen instructions for beaded knitting was in books and I don't get instructions in books I really don't I need a video I can't stand how there are bits of the picture missing in between I'm sure that means I've got some kind of disease but I don't really care and um, it always looked really hard to me and I remember doing my first beady project was Kunya by Claire Divine and that was one of the patterns that was suggested as a first kind of entry-level pattern and uh, I remember knitting it and going is that it putting my first bead on and going is is that it is is that is that it um and it really was it is a lot simpler than maybe you think it is and we've had some amazing projects and it's really kind of hard to pick out one or two of them uh, to talk about one of them totally blew my socks off absolutely glorious project by miss lavelia who has done something um, called she calls it the enchanted unicorn shawl and you'll be able to see why if you go and have a look at it it is the winter wonder shawl by helen stewart of curious handmade and it's just glorious it's got speckled yarn rainbow colored speckled yarn it's got different colored beads it's got mohair and i just I just love it. It's like looking at a little bowl of hundreds and thousands. It's like when you were a little child and you you collected shiny beads and, and shiny buttons and gizzets and bits and bats, sequins and stuff, and you have like a little little box that you keep all this kind of like treasure in. That's what it reminds me of. I just bloody love it. It's beautiful. And... um. She's finished it, but she's not quite got the finished object pictures upon uh, Ravelry X. It's still blocking, but you can get the general gist of its wondrousness, basically, um, from that project. I will put a link in the show notes. I'll try and get the pictures and do a little uh, carousel thingy in the show notes so you can have a look at some of these. Um, the yarn was uh, by a homespun house, which is a new-to-me dyer and one that you should probably check out as well. Also worthy of a mention, um, and everyone is worthy of a mention, but I'm never going to get everyone in, is uh, Suf and Idun, the fabulous, amazing, dancing Danish knitting sisters, who have between them knitted about 50 kunyas, it would seem. Um, they are both absolutely lovely and um, amazing knitters, both of them. And they, they've also done more, more kunyas as well. Like I said, they're on about the fourth or fifth ones. And people keep asking them for, for this shawl to, to knit it for them for gifts. The pattern is by Claire Divine, if you're not aware. Um, Claire of the sock surgery fame. And it was the pattern she designed for the golden skin to celebrate our first birthday. 
super super easy nearly all stock and stitch crescent shapes shawl and then an optional beaded slash lace border so you can do it as lace or you can do it as beaded it's dead dead easy it works with cell stripe it works with variegated it works with semi-solids it's just a genius design from claire and written in claire's signature super clear very very easy to follow style also worthy of a Honourable mention in dispatches is um, the green collier um, pattern, which her version is called Frost Collier, and it's by Leah Groves, the pattern. And this was done by Lisa. And it's a very, very small beaded kind of, almost like a beaded bracelet, a crochet one, because she wanted to try beading, but didn't want to do anything too big um, in case she didn't like it, you know, just to kind of give it a try. And that's a really good idea. If you're doing something new or trying a new technique, and I'm, I've mentioned this a number of times on the podcast, don't go for something massive that's really hard to achieve. Just pick something dead small and quick that you can get instant gratification from. You can try the technique out, and if you don't like it, sod it, move on. Um, also, honourable mention for Ecky Thump, Helen. Who did also did a cunha and she tried beaded knitting and she's a very good knitter she knits loads of stuff she's prolific and she's lovely in northern and she tried it and you know what she didn't like it and it wasn't the method she was using she just didn't like the interruptions of putting beads on she just didn't like it she finished it she likes a finished object. She just didn't like knit, uh, beaded knitting. It's just not for her. And that's fine. You know, try it. You don't like it. Go do something you do like. It's cool. Mastering the the, the technique and then saying, no, I don't fancy that. It's not for me. It's fine because you, you've still owned it, haven't you? You've still learned it and done it. So that's, that's cool as well. So I will be um, drawing for a couple of little prizes for that. And I'll put the deets up in the Ravelry group. But a huge thank you to everyone that took part in that. I'm still knitting my bead along project, of course I am. Um, as is a couple, or as are a couple of other people as well. So if you want to carry on or you want to join in late, I'll leave the thread open for us to have a bit of chit chat. I'm doing voodoo uh, by a Boonitz, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's beautiful. I'm doing it in Tanami four ply, which is the yarn by Travel Knitter. It's uh, fifth. 50% baby camel, 50% silk, it's glorious. And I can't wait to get to the beads. So I will keep you updated of my progress on that on Instagram and in the Whipping Piccadilly section, which I think we'll have in a couple of weeks. So on to the enabling, more enabling via the medium of beautiful hand-dyed yarns. So to wrap up this episode of the podcast, I am bringing you some light enabling because a lot of you say you like this uh, particular section uh, to the golden skein. As you may or may not be aware, the golden skein is my enabling to hand-dyed yarn company. And each quarter, a inspiration picture is sent to three different dyers and they each produce their own skein of yarn. I don't tell them what to do, they just do it themselves in their own signature style, their interpretation of a particular image. They all get the same image, so sometimes the colours are close to each other, but never, never the same. And sometimes they're wildly different. And the idea is, is you get a beautiful wrapped in gold package delivered to your door once a quarter, and you can discover some new dyers 
to you, try some new blends or yarns that maybe you wouldn't have tried before and uh, perhaps get some yarns for some, from some old favourites. This quarter was sent out at the beginning of December. It was an inspiration photo of two penguins stood on some eyes. It's very pretty. And um, it's. I'll, I'm going to put it out there now before anyone gets disappointed. It's sold out. There is none left. I even accidentally sold one of mine. And that, that was disappointing. <laughs> that was disappointing. <laughs> That'll teach me. That will teach me to uh, take more care on stock control. <laughs> and... Um, the, the the point is, though, is that you will um, hear about three new dyers to you, hopefully, and you can go and check out their other stuff. You don't have to buy the stuff that I get made or dyed uh, by any stretch of the imagination, or you're welcome to join in if you would like to. Um, but I'm very, very keen, um, reference my earlier rant, in supporting particularly women, but men as well, not fussy. Um, into, I just, I, no, I'm, I'm not funny. It's not just about women. I'm not that... You know, it's about, about the yarnies in general and um, in particular indie dyers in getting their sort of products out to the world and uh, giving them a forum for doing that. And obviously I love hand-dyed yarn, so win-win. So first up for you then to go and check out, if you are a fan of self-striping yarns, look no further. Other than very colourful yarnings, because of course we do love hair. Um, than Scrumptious Pearl, which is a Canadian-based dyer. She's called Samantha Perrault, and she dyes super, super, super cool self-striping colourways. I discovered her work because I love self-striping yarns, as you know. I think they're really, really good fun, and I saw a nice grey a neon, again, neon yellow, highlighter yellow version of a self-stripe and thought that's going to be an amazing yarn. The members are going to love it. So I got in touch with her and she dyed for us an 80% superwash merino, 20% nylon yarn, which is her stripe me up base. All of the dyers use one of their own bases. The idea being that you can go to them afterwards and buy more of their stuff if you like it. And that colorway was called tuxedo junction it was a dark uh, graphite a lighter gray and a really rich golden yellow from the emperor penguins super super fun colorway in no way subtle subtle as a brick um but i love it i've cast it on and i'm knitting some socks for millie in uh, this colorway really enjoying the yarn it's nice and soft, but it's obviously got that 20% in there for strength. I'm hoping it's not too hard on these um, these socks. Although he seems to do all right with his socks. Considering he's a big beastie bloke with big feet, it doesn't tend to ruin socks, which is good. And um, she has a variety of different colourways in her Etsy shop, um, Under Scrumptious Pearl. Now, a little birdie told me she might be moving from Canada to the Isle of Wight. Amazing. Just think no customs um which is very exciting but for the time being you can find her on etsy and i'll put a link to her in the show notes that's samantha perot of scrumptious 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 pearl truly scrumptious 
I'm sorry, I am in one of those moods. Next up is um, a lovely lady and friend of mine, Scottish-based Helen Lockhart of Ripples Crafts, who will probably be quite familiar to those of you in the UK. She's based in Lochinva in the Highlands of Scotland, West Coast, and um, she's been producing beautiful hand-dyed yarns for quite some time. She dyed for us a colourway that she called uh, Picavain, which is the Afrikaans word for penguin and more about that story in a minute which was a 60% uh, superwash merino 20% yak 20% silk base so a sylvan base she dyed some really gorgeous dual toned colors on that one including one red one that I find very very difficult not to buy when I see her at shows and um, she has her own yarn clubs as well based up on her location in the Scottish Islands, um, the yarn notes from Ascent Yarn Club, so have a look at that. And uh, yeah, that was a gorgeous sort of dark grey, almost through to blacks, quite tonal, variegated colourway. And last up we have, by no means least, Anna Campos of Toil and Trouble. She is based in Salem, Massachusetts, and she dyed us a colourway onto her Sonnet base, which is 100% superwash merino. This colourway was called Patagonica, Patagonius, Patagonicus, Patagonius, and um, it was, this was gorge, it was, it was a minty green, sort of like a white, like natural colour, light grey and dark grey, variegated yarn. Now I was really confused initially as to where the minty green had come from, I loved it because minty green is one of my favourite colours. Um, and in the very corner of the picture, there was a little bit of ice that was minty green. And she decided to pick that out rather than the yellow, which was really clever and different. And again, that's the beauty of this kind of idea is giving them all the same picture and guessing at what colours they might produce. And then they always send me something, even though I pick them very carefully so that I know their dye styles. And obviously I've looked at their work and generally been following them for quite some time. And I've used their yarns and I try and pick people who do certain things to kind of compliment and so it's not too samey. And I think I know what they're going to do, but they never do what I think. They always just do something crazy. And it's amazing because you end up with this yarn that you was you weren't expecting. Um, and you end up trying things that you would never necessarily pick up at a show, but you end up absolutely loving, which is like my favourite thing about it. So I will give you, because every every quarter basically we send out in the, you can hear it, it's on nice paper. Every quarter we send out a letter with the yarn that explains a little bit about the dyer and also about the inspiration. And I thought it'd be quite fun to quickly read this out to you so you can get an idea of, of you know, like when you buy a yarn, dyers don't just generally pull that colour out the backside they've thought about it they've developed it there's an entire story around it generally so that'd be quite fun to share this with you because I can't give you any more yarn because I've sold it all um, including my own <laughs> but I thought you would quite enjoy the story aspect of it and um, particularly from Helen because she's a one I think it's a South African thing but she because she is a South African and um, but she lives in Scotland and um, she's a wonderful storyteller so she starts us off with Pick a Vein and um, she said, When Joe sent me the photograph that was to act as a prompt for colour inspiration, I have to admit to being concerned. I'm all about colour. 
bright colour. Lover. How was I going to make this a colourful hank? But the photograph also brought back very happy memories of a time I'd spent on Boulders Beach near Simonstown in South Africa, where there is a famous colony of jackass penguins. I visited Boulders, it's cool. Although it also brought back not so happy memories of the smell, for those of you that have never met penguins in real life, they stink. They stink. Very cute, very comical. Honking. Honking. I have a great fondness for penguins, their comical way of walking, of course, but also because of their fearfulness to one another, because they make for life, and their care of the eggs and young. And so I set about focusing on the black and silver grey shades of the penguin in the photograph. I wanted to have a colour that wasn't really solid, but also wasn't wildly variegated. I also wanted to create a colourway that could be mixed easily with other jewelled or brighter shades. The yarn base that Joe asked me to use, my Sylvan base, is a lovely mix of merino, yak and silk, and it has a wonderful sheen which shows off the depths of shades beautifully. I spent most of my youth in South Africa near Cape Town, and the Afrikaans for penguin is such a lovely sounding word that I couldn't help but name this colour Picavane, pronounced Picavane. Oh, that's really cool, really cool. Then we have Anna of Toil and Trouble and Patagonicus. While working on a new colourway, I try to look beyond a first impression or idea and look for interesting details. When I received the two penguins inspiration photo, at first it was hard to see beyond the bright golden tones in the feathers. I spent a few days exploring the photo and then I saw it, a beautiful soft mint colour in the background. My goal was to draw colours directly from the photo in a way that invokes not just the colours, but the feel of the penguins, mostly monochrome and definitely icy. I thought her colourway was super clever, super clever. Um, and it would seem it's allegory based and not sonnet. Sorry, <laughs> it's her allegory based. And the last but not least, not least, um, Samantha of Scrumptious Pearl, um, Tuxedo Junction. When I was asked to collaborate with the Golden Skin, I couldn't have been more thrilled. Yay! Seeing the inspiration picture had me over the dye pots right away working on the perfect colour combination. I wanted to keep the colour sophisticated yet fun and vibrant. Once I found the perfect shade of deep punchy yellow I was hoping for, the two neutrals seemed to pick themselves. I'm extremely happy with the way this colourway turned out and I can't wait to knit myself a pair of socks out of it. Con. Care. Cast it on straight away. Amazing. So that's the kind of thing, along with some background of the dyes that kind of comes with the yarn, and the idea being that you can then open it and see where they've gone with it and understand how the yarns uh, were produced. Again, as I said, there isn't there isn't any of that left. Although you might find a kindly member who will who will share with you and may may destash to you. Um, but if you want to get involved for next year, the or next year this year. You can do so. The sign-ups are up until the 26th of January and they'll be closed after that until March. They're only going to open for a week. Um, after this, it's going to be a week, three more times in the year for you to be able to get in and uh, be part of the club if you want to be part of it. Essentially, you can find all the details over at thegoldenskin.com. I will put a link in the show notes if you want to join in. If you don't want to join in, that's fine. Just go check out these diaries and pick something else that you like yourself and go buy stuff from them. Part of the, the reason I do this and I enjoy it so much is that we can help loads more people find these dyers and support them and buy their stuff and uh, discover more new yarns. So definitely go check them out. 
and um, also if you're going to be using up some of your yarns come over to the Golden Skein group on Ravelry and uh, be enabled to some using of yarns. So I'm afraid that is all we have time for this week because I've got four jumpers to knit this year and I'm sure you have some knitting to do too. One quick top tip for you before I go, in case you are a late night knitter who likes to use your electronic equipment to hold your patterns, is um, I, ha I use a computer a lot in my work as you'd imagine and I have a Mac and I find that if I use a computer too late at night that I can't sleep and sometimes I get sore eyes from using the computer and I thought about getting some anti-glare glasses. Partly because I fancy myself as a hot secretary type and it made me look like more serious and proper. And I like Countess Blaze and Jess from Ginger Twist. I like their glasses, so I kind of want some glasses like them too. And Amanda Owl Print Panda as well. Um, but I didn't, I don't need glasses. So I was hoping I'd be able to get some anti-glare glasses like in the style of. Uh, so my eyes wouldn't hurt as much. And maybe I won't keep, stay awake too late from playing on the computer and um, my ever helpful and trusty sidekick Millie sent me a link to a free pro well an app that you can download that controls the colour of your computer screen and it puts basically like a tint on it depending on the time of day to prevent the blue it's the blue light that keeps you awake um, and you're not meant to have your phone in your bedroom and stuff because of that because of the blue light that it gives off and yada 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 anyway it's a free download for mac it's called f.lux i think it's get f.lux.com i'll put a link in the show notes you can download it it's not crashed my computer yet touch wood and um it seems to be working it makes everything go a funny shade of orange and you set like times of you know when it's when you're working and all that kind of stuff and it automatically changes the color so if you do use an ipad for your knitting patterns you can download an app that will do that as well um, and i know a lot of people do while well, they, they get them on their phone so i thought it might be worth mentioning if um being awake a bit too late or getting a bit of eye strain from using the computer or your um, tablet or whatever it could be helpful for you so that is f.lux fully useful stuff today but that is all we've got time for um, thank you very very much for joining me again as usual and any new listeners if you stuck around this long well done thank you for joining me as well i hope i'll see you next time so have a wonderful week happy crafting and i will speak to you all again soon bye Listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy, and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog, or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided by Music Alley, and it is Adam and the Walter Boys, and I need a drink. I need a drink.